Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in in what part of the country? Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss, where I have the privilege of following the dynamic, the great, the politician, whatever you want to call him, Daryl Wood. Man, is his show fantastic, bringing you up to date on what's happening in the world and in the nation, uh, and helps us to be able to make sure we vote correctly, so I really appreciate Daryl Wood. Uh, now, it's Bible Talk. That's where we're at. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. And I'm interested in a lot of things, theological and biblical. And one of the big things, uh, needless to say, is Bible prophecy. Okay? P- Bible prophecy. And it's very good as we look at nationally what's happening. And that's uh, what Daryl gives us. It's good to look at some prognosis that is given to us by the Word of God dealing with future. What will the future be like? Well, that's what we'll be talking about on this program. But even though that's my agenda, your agenda can be different. Whatever you have, whatever Bible questions you have are welcome. All you've got to do is call that number, which is area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss, just as, as I look here on the board, it looks like uh, uh, Pastor Smith. Yep, Pastor Smith, how can I help you? Well, I'm here, and it's a Thursday. You're right on time. Yeah, I heard you had yeah. some power outage problems. Yeah, we had a power outage. At, uh, my computer up here is dead as a doornail. Wow. But I've got my other little baby computer up here. It's uh, battery-operated, so it works fine. <laughs> so, good, good. I was able to post what I was going to present on my website at realbiblestudy.com, so I have that open on this little computer, and I'll share it with the audience. Well, that's great. And then that realstudy.com, realstudy.com. Realbiblestudy.com. Realbiblestudy.com. That's where they can go to find out loads of information. Am I right? That's right. So Uh the topic of my presentation today, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to be on your program, is Muslim Objections to the Resurrection Answered. Wow, that sounds good and heavy. 
<laughs> now, here's the Muslim challenge. Uh-huh. Quote, A new heavenly or glorified body should be free from blemish. But Jesus was, quote-unquote, resurrected with injuries he sustained at, quote-unquote, death. This is major proof that he did not die. Huh. Now, you know, that's the Muslim position, all right. <laughs> yeah. I didn't yeah. know they went that much into detail with it, though. Wow. Well, this dear lady, probably a young lady, she posted this, and then she said, actually, none of the disciples witnessed his pers- persecution. I think she meant prosecution uh-huh. or death. Mm-hmm. They fled when he was caught. Some Christians speculate that they came back to watch, but that's mere speculation. The Gospels only mention John with his mother Mary, but the story is also doubtful because their position changed from at a distance to nearer to him to just below the cross. The records itself is so inconsistent, leaving us with doubts that they were even there. Furthermore, Jesus apparently told John to take his mother home, strengthening the belief that no one witnessed his death. And truly, no one saw his resurrection. Mm. (laughs) If anyone told you there are witnesses, they're lying. None of the Gospels mention anyone seeing him rising from the dead. (laughs) Well, I couldn't resist, Pastor. I I know you couldn't. I I can't either, so I'm glad you got it. (laughs) We could have, we could make I would post a comment. Right. So here's what I said. By your comments... I must conclude that you have never read the New Testament record carefully for yourself. (laughs) Now, people don't like it when I say that, Pastor Moss, but I've read it carefully, so I think I can tell the difference. (laughs) (laughs) You're right about that. So then I said, generally, I said, Peter saw a portion of the events. John saw even more and testifies to the facts in his gospel and his letters. Mark was also at the scene of some of the events. A number of women from Galilee who were both disciples and supporters carefully observed these events. Then I told her, I hope you will take the time to correct your mistaken opinion by carefully reading and believing the primary source documents in the New Testament for yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to abbreviate her name by initials TK. So TK's response to me, your conclusion is wrong. The crucifixion event is something I paid a lot of attention on, Mm. more than any other parts of the Gospels. Uh I read all the four accounts in detail and comparing them. I even had lengthy discussion with a Christian administrator And in the end, he couldn't resolve the discrepancies found across the Gospels and just left it to faith. Now, Pastor Moss, I want to interrupt this a little bit and make a comment about that. (laughs) Go ahead. This is not the first time I've run across people who have uh, sought help from their pastors and didn't get what they needed. Wow. Now, I'm not trying to criticize pastors, Pastor Moss. I'm trying to encourage pastors and Sunday school teachers and every Christian to get their get to know their faith even better and deeper than they already do. 
And one way to do that is to read your Bible more faithfully and regularly. That's at least one way. And there's many more. But You're right, because the pastors and the teachers have to prepare people for these kinds of responses. Yes. I hope the audience gets the message in this program of how to do it, because I'm reading it right off the script from the Internet at the site where this took place. Okay, good. And so she continues and says, by the way, why do Christians, and it's interesting, she never capitalized Christians, always assume Muslims, that's got a capital M. Oh. <laughs> Make <laughs> noise about their Bible, that's a lowercase b. Now, I was your English teacher, you know, and right. I've informed all my students, you always capitalize the word Bible when it has reference to the Christian scriptures. Uh -huh. You never use lowercase b. Yeah. But anyway, that's my aggravation and pet peeve as an English teacher. <laughs> to continue. <laughs> so Muslims, they always assume Muslims make noise about their Bible without having read it carefully first. You can stop your false assumptions assumptions about me. So my response to TK, you can tell her I kind of flustered her a little bit. Uh -huh. So I said, the evidence that my assumptions are not false is provided by your statements about and against the truth of the historical record preserved in the 27 primary source documents now found in the New Testament. Your opening post stating that, quote, a new heavenly or glorified body should be free from blemish, but Jesus was resurrected with injuries he sustained at death. This is major proof that he did not die. And I say that's pure assumption, not based on the evidence of historical fact. Hmm. The fact of the empty tomb acknowledged by all historians who have made a study of the evidence, the fact of the otherwise inexplicable utter change in the disciples from men hiding in fear to fearless proclaimers of the resurrected Christ, is explained by the fact that they saw and handled the person who now is the risen from the dead, complete with the identifying marks of the crucifixion, risen Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Yeah, it's, it's obvious in a, in a text, uh-huh. That you or anyone else can read the four gospel accounts and find what appear to be discrepancies to you does not detract from their historical truthfulness or validity. It is most common to find apparent discrepancies between accounts of eyewitnesses to an event even in our day. Just ask any experienced trial lawyer or criminal investigator about their experiences, and I'm sure they could tell you a lot. And you're the exactly past. right in what you're saying. I mean, exactly right. And even after the crucifixion, uh, who, if even if you survived it, you sure wouldn't be able to convince someone that you had resurrected from the dead. Yeah, you're stealing my thunder. I'm sorry. Let me, you, you, you taught well me. Taught you're, you're, you're my teacher. You taught me all this stuff. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I said, now, if you believe that you have found any fatal discrepancies in the gospel record, feel free to share one or two examples. I may be able to share with you what are the answers to the supposed discrepancies you have found. Well, here's what she said. Mm. T.K. replied, I just brought up one fatal discrepancy, 
glorified body, but with wounds suffered a death. Major discrepancy, exclamation point, exclamation point. But instead of dealing with this issue, you go on and on about the truthfulness of his resurrection. (laughs) (laughs) I answered, it would seem most obvious that the wounds Jesus suffered at his crucifixion were indeed totally healed. This, of course, is in itself an additional miracle associated with the resurrection. Mm -hmm. You may remember that Thomas was not present when the rest of the disciples were gathered the first time Jesus appeared to them after his resurrection. Thomas did not believe the report of the disciples that they had actually seen Jesus alive. Thomas said that he would not believe unless he both saw and felt the marks of the nails in his hands and felt the wound in his side. Mm -hmm. And then I quote the scripture, John chapter 20, verse 24. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. Verse 25. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hands into his side, I will never believe. Mm, that's right. In verse 26, eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then said he to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. (laughs) Then I comment, note two or more additional miracles reported in John's narrative. Jesus entered the locked room and stood among them. And by the way, I was reading up on that, Pastor Moss, and the word in Greek is very strong there. I mean, they had really secured that door shut. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) Jesus invited Thomas to satisfy his stated requirements before Thomas would believe. Then Thomas believed. And in the back of my mind, I don't know what you think, Pastor Moss, but I'm curious as to how Jesus knew what it was Thomas had said. (laughs) Now, it's possible the other disciples told him, but we don't have a record of them meeting with Jesus between that first meeting and this one, but maybe that's how he found out. But if he found out because of his omniscience, that would be another miracle. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. (laughs) (laughs) But going on with what I told her, the marks in the body of Jesus proved that he is the same person who had been placed in the grave after his crucifixion. That's right. This proves his bodily resurrection. This shows that sometimes our human reasoning is mistaken. To suggest, as you have, that Jesus in his glorified body should not have retained the scars of his wounds on the cross is mistaken. Jesus himself convinced his disciples that he was the very same Jesus who was crucified but now is risen from the dead. And then I go to the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 24, starting at verse 36, where it says, As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be to you. 
verse 37, but they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. Verse 38, mm-hmm. and he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Then verse 39, this is the key. See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself, and that's emphatic in the Greek text. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. That's right. Verse 40, Mm -hmm. and when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish. And in the King James Version, it adds and a piece of honeycomb. They leave it out of the ESV, which is, I think, what I'm quoting from. Uh-huh. And he took it and ate it before them. All right, now TK responds to me, and here's what she said. Your first point his wounds totally healed is your opinion, not based on evidence. Hmm. Her second point. <laughs> then you contradict yourself, saying Thomas saw the wounds and was convinced. Thirdly, if he could enter the closed room, why did he have to roll the tomb door to get out? <laughs> now, you see, she has some familiarity with the New Testament account, but she, yeah. has, she hasn't studied it as carefully as she should have. No. But anyway, my response, thank you for continuing this conversation. If Jesus appeared before his disciples in the locked room, still suffering from his wounds at Calvary, he would surely be in bad shape. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) The spear thrust to his side alone would have permanently disabled him. Now, I say that without having said this and what I told her, that from what I've read, Pastor Moss, the Soldier's spear thrust pierced his side and went as far as to his heart. You're exactly right, yeah. With nail wounds through his feet, he could hardly have been walking around. Yep, there you go. You want to try it, Pastor Mark? Not me. That would be awfully painful. (laughs) You're not kidding. Goodness. Um, You remember I slipped on the ice and sprained my left ankle several years ago. Had to be in bed for about six weeks before I could walk on it and be back to normal. And it was not easy to walk back from the mailbox to the house with that ankle like that. <laughs> wow. And then that's not nearly as bad as having a nail driven through your foot. Yeah, and, and you're right. And, and, and the points that you're making show that if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, if he just survived it, how would he convince anybody that he rose from the dead after the horrible uh, occurrence of the crucifixion. Yeah. I mean, you, you, what, were you crawling <laughs> on the ground? I have risen from the dead. No, it wasn't like that at all. That's so, right. Yeah, and that's one, uh, and you're right, and there's a, a, a apologist who wrote on that point. Uh, he would not have uh, convinced anybody that he was, just that he survived. If he's crawling, and, and he would have to have been after the crucifixion. <laughs> yep. Well, continuing with my response to her, I say, there is nothing in the historical record preserved in the New Testament documents that suggests in any way that Jesus was suffering from unhealed wounds. Yeah, that's right. Therefore, my opinion is based on the evidence we actually have. The fact that the appearance of Jesus to the disciples transformed them from being very frightened, they had taken refuge where they did for fear of the Jews, 
to be very bold ever after in their proclamation of the bodily resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ confirms the correctness of what you call my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And you know, uh, uh, Mr. Smith, just to uh, throw in something here, uh, I wonder what she would do with uh, Paul's statement in 1 Corinthians 15, where he says that over 500 brethren saw Jesus at one time. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't bother to bring that up because I was tangling good enough with just what she was arguing oh, about. Oh, yeah, you have but some very good arguments. There is a lot of evidence, as you know. Yeah. Wow. John 20, verse 19 says, quote, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. Now, I just quoted that verse because so that she would see the direct words of what I was talking about. Uh-huh. Now then, I said, as for who moved the stone, and I, after, actually, after I wrote and posted this, I looked it up and saw I was correct. I was just kind of foggy in my memory, but it's plainly stated. I said here is likely it was the stone was moved by the angels uh-huh. who mm-hmm. were met at the scene that are mentioned in the record, and mm-hmm. that's correct. The scripture says that the stone the stone was moved to demonstrate that the tomb was empty. He is not here, is what the record states, and then I cite the record in Matthew twenty eight six. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. Mark sixteen six. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted, ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen, he is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. Luke 24, 6, He is not here, but risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee. So then I state, It is not necessary to suppose that Jesus required any help to exit the tomb. Nothing stated in the record requires this supposition. Now, T.K. responded and said, You're assuming his wounds were healed because he seemed to be okay when he met the disciples. But to Mary, he said, Don't touch me. Obviously still in pain. (laughs) (laughs) And then he was hungry and asked for fish. A glorified body gets hungry? What? (laughs) There is no need to roll away the tomb as a sign he's risen because the women were coming and they would have found it empty. By the way, this whole story about the tomb is also very doubtful, because until now, nobody knew the exact tomb Jesus was supposedly buried in. My response to TK, you pose some very interesting claims and questions. Point one, unfortunately for your case, Jesus did not tell Mary, don't touch me. That is a mistranslation. That's right. Furthermore... Jesus did not say that because he was still in pain from unhealed wounds. Now, the King James Version reads, and I love the King James Version, as you know, and always use it, but sometimes we have to read it in another version to get a a more accurate translation from the Greek. So here we go. King James says, Jesus saith unto her in John 20, 17, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend to my Father and to your Father and to my God and your God. Uh Uh-huh, that's right. But now, in the emphasized Bible done by Rotherham, it reads, Jesus saith unto her, Be not detaining me, for not yet 
if I ascend it unto the Father, but be going unto my disciples and say unto them, I am ascending unto my Father and your Father and my God and your God. So the Greek grammar involved for the word touch is it's a present imperative used to prohibit action and progress. In other words, she had already been holding them and grasping them. That's right. The, the idiom for the word touch is to touch is used for detention, for diverting from any purpose. In other words, she was trying to cling on to him, and he had to leave. Yeah. Yeah. But you're but right, Jesus and I've seen that. Mary mm -hmm. that he was not leaving immediately, that is, ascending to heaven, but that she would have further opportunities to see him. Notice in this record in John's Gospel, recorded just ten verses later, Jesus encourages Thomas to touch him and to feel the scars from his wounds. Uh -huh. Verse 27 of John 20, Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. Notice the record in Matthew 28, 9 and 10. Matthew 28, 9, and as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there they shall see me. Now, my second point was, Jesus is not starving from hunger when he asked if they had any food right. to eat. Exactly. Rather, he wanted to assure them that he was indeed the risen Savior, emphasizing that it is I myself. Uh -huh. Quoting Luke 24, 36, And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted, and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as you see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. Uh -huh. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and of an honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. My point three is, there, there was certainly a need to roll away the stone door that blocked the entrance to the tomb. Uh -huh. One of the worries the women expressed was, how are they going to gain entrance to the tomb so they could complete the task of properly preparing the body of Jesus? That's right. Mark 16, 1. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulchre at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulchre? And my point number four, I think it's the last point, there is no indication in the text of the New Testament that the women were unsure of which tomb Jesus was laid. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. Joseph of Arimathea, Mark 15:43, an honorable consular, which also waited for the kingdom of God, came and went in boldly unto Pilate and craved the body of Jesus. And Pilate marveled if he were already dead, and calling unto him the centurion, he asked him whether he had been any while dead. And when he knew it of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. And he brought fine linen and took him down and wrapped him in the linen 
and laid him in a sepulcher, which was hewn out of a rock, and rolled a stone under the door of the sepulcher. And Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, beheld where he was laid. And Luke likewise records that in Luke uh, 23:55. And the women also, which came with him from Galilee, followed after, and beheld the sepulcher, and how his body was laid. This testimony of Luke, corroborated by Mark, effectively demolishes the notion that the women did not know precisely where the tomb of Jesus was. Well, I think you've made a very powerful argument supporting the resurrection. Uh, And Islam, of course, uh, you know, has some difficulties. Uh, They assert that uh, Jesus, uh, you know, just, he didn't die. He just was taken into, uh, you know, Islamic heaven. Uh, And the problem, and then what happened, uh, because there was a debate uh, that some Muslim had, and someone asked him, uh, well, if he just went in a natural body, uh, where did he use the bathroom? (laughs) And the guy couldn't answer it, and this really happened. He couldn't give a satisfactory answer around his Muslim, uh, you know, companions there, and he took his own life because he he failed to answer a question. Boy. Yeah. But thank you. You broke it down, and it's good to see that we can deal with and handle objections to the Christi- uh, to Christianity, but only if we uh, uh, use the Word of God. I want to thank you again, my mentor, uh, uh, Brother Smith, pastor, uh, <laughs> scholar. We thank you very much. And thank you, Pastor Moss. It's always a pleasure to be on your program. Oh, and you'll be back again. Appreciate you. Yep. All right. Pray that I'll get my computer back working. I think my son is going to come, and it's probably the battery backup that. All right. Well, so we'll see. Well, keep it going. Keep it going. Yeah. All right. I'll I'll talk to you later. We're praying for you, and thank you very much. Okay. Bye bye. All right. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. High fees and commission, even when you lose your money? How would you like to never lose your money again due to market risk? Join Joel Uplegger for the Safe Money and Income Radio Show, Saturday mornings at 9 on FM 92.7 AM 1500, Faith Talk Detroit. You can also call Joe now for your complimentary customized Safe Money Kit and Safe Money Book at 866-436-0133. That's 866-436-0133. This is an important notice to consumers facing $10,000 or more in credit card debt, medical bills, or other unsecured debt. You're not required to pay it all back because there are special programs now in effect that will significantly reduce the amount you will owe if you qualify. This is not bankruptcy or a debt consolidation loan. These programs, which the credit card companies like to keep secret, exist to aid American consumers struggling with overwhelming credit card debt by offering tremendous savings and real debt relief. Accredited Debt Relief has established a special hotline for you to call and learn what savings you qualify for. They've helped qualify consumers with over a billion dollars in debt and are A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. So don't wait. Get the relief you need during these hard economic times. For this free information, call the Accredited Debt Relief Hotline now. Call 800-786-2300. 800-786-2300. That's 800-786-2300. There's a new and better way to end sleeplessness, a breakthrough system of technologies that naturally resets your brain for deep, restful sleep. 
Brain Life Center in Auburn Hills has teamed up with GottaHalfItNow.com so you can personally experience and learn about these new safe and effective technologies. Available now through GottaHalfItNow.com. Brain Life Center is offering their initial 90-minute assessment and consultation for just $75. That's half the regular price. For the first time in history, computer scientists and engineers have created an auditory mirror for the brain that allows it to reset and realign naturally. This means sleeping through the night, waking rested, and having calm, focused energy throughout the day. Available now through gotahalfitnow.com. Brain Life Center is offering their initial 90-minute assessment and consultation for just $75. That's half the regular price. Vouchers are ready for you to buy immediately. Visit gotahalfitnow.com. Dr. Charles Stanley with Encouragement for Believers. The only way in this world that you and I are acceptable to God today is grace. Love poured out upon us, not because we deserve it, but because he's a loving father. Hear the series, Grace, God's Second Chance, this week on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. Listen to In Touch, weekday afternoons at 1230. I feel good. I knew that I would not. I feel good. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible talk with Pastor Emory Moss. And yes, it's true. I feel good. The reason I feel good is because regardless of what's happening in this world, I've got Jesus Christ. Amen. My name is already written in heaven. And uh, that is the security and the joy that I have. The number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emory Moss, your turn, your time to call with questions that you have. Uh, Do I have a topic to deal with? Yes. The Olivet Discourse, looking at biblical prophecy, and often we focus on, and it's not bad to focus on this book, the book of Revelation. I mean, if you want to get into biblical prophecy, Daniel and the book of Revelation, very powerful. But needless to say, throughout the prophetic material in the Bible, Zechariah, Zephaniah, all of them contribute to biblical prophecy. And Jesus himself, uh, in Matthew chapter 24, uh, here he gets very prophetic. Now, of course, Jesus is the one who reveals uh, the future to John in the book of Revelation as well. But before that, we have the Olivet Discourse in Matthew chapter 24, where Jesus drops down some very, very heavy stuff. So we want to examine this. Now, whatever I'm saying, if you've got a question of your very own, something that you want to deal with, you never I have to worry about taking me off topic because I get right back on it. But I am interested on, on what you're thinking and what is in your biblical and your theological mind. So do give us a call. At area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. Let us look here at Matthew 24. What an astounding chapter. It is a prophetic chapter, right? And so we're going to go into it, but before we do that, we've got uh, Rick on the line. Let's see what's on Rick's mind. Rick, how you doing? Pastor, how are you? Great, great. Thanks for calling. Love the job that you and Daryl do, by the way. I tell you, that Daryl Wood 
man, I'd be jealous of, of them. I have to slap myself. <laughs> I think you're jealous of each other. You guys are the best one-two punch on talk radio as far as I'm concerned. Hey, that's so. pretty good. One-two punch. I like it. <laughs> yep. We got to punch back at the devil. There you Speaking go. Speaking of which, I do have a question for you, sir. Uh-huh. Jude, that, that beautiful short chapter right before Revelation. Right. It says that Michael the archangel had a contend with the evil one to the body of Moses. Can you shed any light on that? Well, the thing is, we can't shed much light on it. All we know yeah. is that Jude records it. Now, what happens is yeah. that uh, uh, he, he doesn't tell us where he gets it from, but definitely uh, what happens is that it had to have really occurred or it wouldn't be in Jude. And so there are, rec- there are books that uh, God could pull information from, and that doesn't mean that the whole document is inspired by him. Uh, but if there's something true, the Bible has a right to record it. Now, we see that again, something similar to that, uh, over in uh, uh, Acts, where, in fact, uh, in uh, chapter uh, 17, right? Acts chapter 17, uh, Paul, he's in Athens, all right? Follow me with this. He's in Athens, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. he wants to preach to them. How can I, how can I get through to them? Because they had, you know, you know the Greeks, they believe in Zeus, Artemis, Venus, all these gods. How can I appeal to them? Yes. So it says, in Acts 17 and 22, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship. Him I declare unto you. Okay. Then he continues to argue with them, right? says at verse 26, uh-huh. And hath made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should, if, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him, and find them, though he be not far from every one of us. So he's talking this stuff now, okay, uh, from, uh-huh. their, from their background. Then look at what he says at verse 28. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own philosophers have said. For we are also his offspring. Here, he's quoting from philosophers like Aristotle and Plato. Aristotle did not know about Jesus. He did believe in God. Okay? He said that God was mm-hmm. the, great, you know, the, the cause of all things. Okay? Uh, and Plato said that God was the ground of all being. So he's not agreeing with everything they said. But he did agree with this, and this was in their literature, and we see it here being uh, utilized in the Bible. So with, uh, with Jude, the same t- thing. God can pull uh, true statements from literature and then, uh, you know, use it for his advantage in the Word of God. Uh, and you're exactly right. In Jude, it doesn't, uh, uh, where you're reading, um, at verse, uh, was it at verse 9? Yes, I don't have it right in front of me, sir. Okay. I was just quoting from it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you see that. And then we see some other things as well, right? Where it says yes. that uh, in verse 14, Jude, uh, uh, verse 14, and Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these sayings, behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints. Now notice also, you asked a great question, brother. Here it says Enoch, also the seventh from Adam. We read about him in Genesis. But we find out mm-hmm. here that he prophesied. That Enoch prophesied, okay? Adam prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints. 
So here Enoch talked about the coming of the Lord, okay? But this was in the book of Enoch, which we don't have, but God can yes. quote from true sources uh, that are in a book and not quote from the rest if he desires. One last question for you, sir, real quick. Yes. If I could. Who do you believe the two witnesses are that come back during the time of tribulation? Oh, brother, who would don't. You, who would you guess? If you're going to guess, <laughs> you don't want me to, it's okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just taking a shot. It was a real simple question. You can listen, it's okay to be wrong because we're under our righteousness is in Jesus. Our righteousness is in Jesus. So it's okay to be wrong. I'm not going to put a billboard on 94 that says Pastor Emmy Ross was wrong. Yes, you will. It'll be right I up there. You, be... I won't do that to you. <laughs> well, well, hang on because it's interesting. You know. Uh, that if you're dealing with the uh, uh, scriptures, you have to run into that one, right? Because it talks about the two yes. witnesses. And uh, pr- pretty much when we look at them, uh, seemingly uh, a lot of people have their uh, minds made up uh, based upon the miracles that they did. I think that one uh, they believe was uh, uh, Moses and the other one would be uh, Elijah. I believe that that is Elijah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I be- that's what I kind of believe too, yes. But it doesn't mean I'm right. Yeah, now the only real evidence for that becomes the fact that the miracles that they that were done here by these two witnesses in Revelation chapter 11 are similar to what happened with uh, Moses and what happened with Elijah. Okay, So that is pretty much the only uh, evidence they have that really supports it. Uh, so at bottom line, uh, that could be true, but I'm just sticking with the text. So you can talk about me all That's you right. want. Let me, <laughs> one last thing. One last thing I want to say. Uh-huh. You're a kind, gentle man. And you really advertise Christ well. You, you, the way you talk to your audience and the people that call, it's it's an invite. It's it's like what Jesus did. Jesus invited everyone, and and I love listening to you two on the radio. You really do. So God bless what you do, and you you are certainly anointed for what you do, sir. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Very much. Thank you. Right. God bless you. God bless you. Appreciate you, Pastor. All right. Bye. Thank you. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. We're going to go to uh, Fada in Madison. How you doing, Fada? Hey, what's going on, Pastor? Thank you. Now, help me. Am I pronouncing that name correctly? It, it's Fadi. Fadi. Right. Okay, I got it. You got to help me. <laughs> okay. No, no, it's cool. Well, what's on All your right. mind? So I, was reading, I was reading Matthew chapter 24, and... and I, this just this thought came to my mind. It says the abomination of desolation, right. and um, so what I was thinking is that's kind of happening currently with the temple being gone, and you have the Dome of the Rock and the Al Aqsa Mosque, um, where the, where the temple used to be. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Is this, is this um, so? Is it completely like far right to think that? This, that the Dome of the Rock could be the well, what, desolation what, well, of... What, what verse are you looking at here in uh, Matthew? You said 24? Yeah. Okay. And uh, which verse were you focusing on? So where it talks about the uh, the uh, decimation, or I'm sorry, the abomination of, des- of desolation. Okay, in verse, I see, verse 15, where it says, when you yeah. therefore, and, and, and notice here, and you guys are doing some good reading. Keep on, brother. It says, uh, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Okay? So we see here that his focus 
is on the end, okay? Um, and that, you know, would be a, a, a lot of time, okay? So he's not talking about something that was um, uh, going to be present soon, but in the end. And notice it says, uh, again, and this gospel of the kingdom, 2414, uh, shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. And when you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whosoever reads, let him understand. Now, what that is talking about there, okay, has got to be the Antichrist going into the temple, claiming that he is God. Okay? This is how far in the future that Jesus is looking at that point there. Okay? Now, of course, mm -hmm. were, and this has happened before. This happened under Antiochus Epiphanes, a, uh, uh, a, Greek, uh, a Greek. Yeah, a Greek leader okay, or emperor. And mm -hmm. what he did was he desecrated the temple. Okay? Uh, had them to, you know, offer up a pig or something like this. So Jesus is looking, actually, at the Antichrist. This is this is how far he's he's going with that. Not only the Antichrist, but also the tribulation. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's the temple. Okay. So it's not because I was thinking in my mind that the temple is gone, and then the abomination would be. Um, like the Dome of the Rock or the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which well, is well, uh, clearly looking, a antichrist and a false. Well, what we're looking for is a rebuilt uh, temple. Yeah. I see. So yeah. this is pertaining to a temple has to come back before anything could happen. There you go. The temple is going okay. to come back. Now, there will still be prophetic things happening, but that key prophetic event uh, needs the temple to be rebuilt before it takes place. I see. Okay. Good question that you asked. Yeah, I appreciate you answering it for me. Right. I was like, I had an itch for it for the past couple of days, and you, I just happened to get in my car, and then you were talking about Matthew chapter 24, and I was like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah, it's a, a very a very deep prophetic passage. Thank you for your call. Thank you, Pastor. All right. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Going to take a break, and we'll be right back. There's a new and better way to end sleeplessness, a breakthrough system of technologies that naturally resets your brain for deep, restful sleep. Brain Life Center in Auburn Hills has teamed up with GottaHalfItNow.com so you can personally experience and learn about these new safe and effective technologies. Available now through GottaHalfItNow.com. Brain Life Center is offering their initial 90-minute assessment and consultation for just $75. That's half the regular price. For the first time in history, computer scientists and engineers have created an auditory mirror for the brain that allows it to reset and realign naturally. This means sleeping through the night, waking rested, and having calm, focused energy throughout the day. Available now through gotahalfitnow.com. Brain Life Center is offering their initial 90-minute assessment and consultation for just $75. That's half the regular price. Vouchers are ready for you to buy immediately. Visit gotahalfitnow.com. FM 92.7, AM 1500, the mobile app or on the web. We're all the same great Faith Talk Detroit. If you want to make a difference in your life that impacts you for years to come, then it's time to stand with Israel by going there. Consider the thrilling excitement of joining nationally syndicated media host Dr. Sebastian Gorka and renowned author and filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza on the Stand with Israel Tour November 30th through December 9th, 2022. 
journey through the Holy Land with two of the most respected political commentators of today. Together with like-minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10-day tour. You can pray at the Western Wall in Old City, Jerusalem, float on the Dead Sea, and take a boat out into the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to reserve your spot or call 855-565-5519. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com or call 855-565-5519 to book today. Find out what we've been up to. WLQB's newsletter is online. Go to faithtalkdetroit.com and enter keyword newsletter. Get in the know now. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. Before abortion was legalized, pro-abortion activists claimed tens of thousands of women died from illegal back alley abortions. One of those people, Dr. Bernard Nathanson, later admitted those numbers were totally false. According to the U.S. Vital Statistics, only 39 women died from illegal abortions the year before Roe v. Wade. Today, the extreme pro-abortion organization called Occupy Democrats claims the same outrageous numbers. They also claim Roe was the end of women dying from abortions. This is another lie. Hundreds of women have died from legal abortions since Roe. And those are only the reported ones. Most go unreported. Abortion advocates will say and do anything to keep the lucrative abortion industry humming along while women and their babies suffer. Like us on Facebook at Life Issues and stay informed, more informed than you've ever been. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emory Moss as we look at Matthew chapter 24, a chapter uh, that is uh, rich with the teachings of Jesus and rich with the teachings of biblical prophecy. Here at uh, Matthew 23 uh, and verse 4, Jesus warns, he warns, okay, he warns this concerning the future, right? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. So in other words, deception is ahead of us. Okay? It's ahead of us. Okay? And the more we uh, uh, go along okay, into our future, okay, it's going to increase. Take heed that no man deceive you. That's why it's very important that if you're a Christian, you know the Bible, you know the Word of God, you're studying, you're teachable, you're someone who's willing to learn, uh, you'll need it. All right, because deception is on the way. Notice this now, verse 5. Okay, to show you how far down the, uh, Jesus was looking at things, how far down the road, let us say, he was looking at things. Um, notice here at verse 5. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Right. That's exactly where we are. Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, right? The Unity School of Christianity. Okay. Um, Christian science, Christian science and unity, what they teach is that all of us can have the Christ consciousness. And Jesus is just a man who had the Christ consciousness come upon him. That's, that's cult teaching, okay? They're the only one, the only one who is the Christ is Jesus Christ. That's it. No one else, okay? John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
then, by the time you get to 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Understand this. There is only one incarnation of God. Only one. Any group, I don't care whether they're within the church or outside of the church. If they tell you, if they make statements like this, we are all incarnations of God just like Jesus, they're a cult group. If they say, we're all just like Christ, okay, we just got to realize it. No, that's a cult group, okay? There is only one incarnation, and there always will be just one, and that is Jesus Christ, okay? So take heed that no man deceive you. That is why apologetics is necessary in the church, and we do need to defend the faith. Uh, verse 5, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And then, verse 6, okay, looks like we're just looking at our newspapers now, doesn't it? Here in Matthew 24 and 6, and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Well, goodness gracious, look at what ha what's happening in Ukraine and with Russia right now. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Okay? So in other words, uh, Jesus isn't promising a lot of good, good stuff to be happening in our future. Uh, definitely we have our joy and our peace in him. But I'm here to tell you, prophetically, rough times are coming. Rough times are coming. Have no fear. Our trust is in Jesus Christ. Okay? Our trust is in him. And no matter how out of control it looks, God is always in control. Okay? But we've got to be very mindful and uh, uh, very cautious in dealing with the things that we're dealing with now. Look at it. For you shall hear wars and rumors of wars. And understand, all the politicians in the world are not going to stop warfare. Okay? Not going to do it. Okay? Not going to do it. We will have some peaceful times, but war is coming. Okay? That's what the end will bring. That's uh, what is a part of uh, the tribulation of uh, eschatology. Notice verse 6, and you shall hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. And then Jesus <laughs> said this, all these are the beginning of sorrows. My goodness gracious, that's just the beginning? <laughs> that is just the beginning of sorrows, okay? Then it says this at verse 9. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, right? And uh, that's right. If you're a Christian, get ready. Okay? Some countries it's happening already. We here in this country, and if you listen to Daryl Wood, he breaks it down perfectly. We're not uh, having people uh, trying to kill us, but definitely they're trying to destroy what we believe in. No doubt about it. All this transgenderism, all this support for homosexuality. I mean, goodness gracious, right? Okay. says... Verse 9, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And now we do see a time when uh, Christians are being attacked, being hated. Uh, uh, we are at uh, attacked for believing what the word of God says. I can't believe it. Where a, f a, uh, a coach, okay, I guess it was a football game, right, was, was praying and they fired him. Goodness gracious, I'm here to tell you, they would not do that to someone in Islam. They, they would not. They do that to Christians, right? Uh, all right, if you disagree with that, call me next time. We'll talk about it. But I've seen it. They let the Muslims pray, but not the Christians. Notice here at verse 10, And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise 
and shall deceive many. Now listen to this, verse 11. Many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. I do believe that God can give a person a prophetic message for someone else, but that doesn't make them a prophet. There are no prophets today like there were prophets in the Old Testament times. Just not, okay? The Bible now is the word of God, but regardless of what you feel, one thing for sure, if anyone prophesies to you one time, if they say, thus saith the Lord, this and this is going to happen, and it didn't happen, that is a false prophet, you need to leave that person alone, right? Because the Bible prophesies. It tells us already. And many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. And because the iniquity, because the iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. This one, one I might want to end on, right? Do not let your love grow cold. Do not allow the devil to turn us against each other. The church, the best gift to have is love. We must love each other. We must. So, in fact, we want to attract people because of our love. Okay? But in the future, wow, we've got some rough things happening. All right. Looking at Matthew chapter 24, I won't be able to finish this today, but I'm going to pick it up next time. need to look at it. And, of course, I'll be open to your questions uh, concerning uh, uh, biblical prophecy. Hopefully we can uh, examine some of the cults as well because they're out there, friends, and they are going. This is Pastor Moss. Thank you very much, and I'll see you next time. Sponsored by Bible Bootcamp Ministries. It's easy and profitable to be kind to others when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Each day for 30 days, Faith Talk Detroit will post a new act of kindness that you can do for others. On June 1st, you could win $5,000, and a deserving organization will also receive $5,000 in your name. You can make a difference in others' lives when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Go to faithtalkdetroit.com to enter. That's faithtalkdetroit.com, and follow us on social media for daily acts of kindness.